0: Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host Louis Aldezan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, True Tools, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us calls 9526 and that'll get you right straight to us. Now I'm on. Now we're on. <laughs> I had someone. I asked me. He said, "What is that sound that comes on just before the show uh-huh. before you start playing the music?" I said, "That is a B seventeen bomber cranking up." Right. That is the sound of the engine in a B-17 cranking up. I, not, just the <laughs> that cool, is cool. Yeah, just a yeah. cool thing. That's old, it. Them old piston engines, you just can't. Man. Oh,
1: they got a sound all their own.
0: <laughs> Talking about old cars and old things and uh-huh. airplanes and stuff. Went out of town this weekend, and I was able to drive to Orlando. And one of those things that I've always passed and wished I had time to stop, of course, this time I did, and that's in Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. If you ever notice when you drive that way, right, I think it's the intersection of I-10 and US-90, the Tallahassee Car Museum. Really? That is really a spectacular museum.
1: That's what I understand it to be.
0: If you ever, ever get the time to stop or make the time because— Oh, you have to make market. the time. Oh, Yeah. I mean, it is unbelievable the things that this gentleman has accumulated in this place. And it's not just old cars. There's just a world of old cars in there. Uh But he has motorcycles. He has pianos. He has outboard motors.
1: Back from the 1800s. Oh,
0: yeah. Going all the way back. Knives, guns. I mean, you name it baseballs, jukeboxes. Whatever was cool at the time, huh? Anything that's cool, this guy's got it. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: sounds like a special trip needs to be made. Oh,
0: yeah. I was talking to the curator there at the museum, and one of the things I told said so we're going to try to come back and maybe see if they'll do a radio show with us.
1: That would be awesome. Yeah,
0: it'd be a really, really nice place. One of the really cool cars that I saw in, a Durye, which a lot of folks don't know what a Durye is, and a lot of folks actually mistakenly think that Henry Ford was the first car built in the United States. Right. Actually, he wasn't. Charles and Frank Duryea are recognized as building the first gasoline-powered car in the United States. Uh huh. Somewhere around 1892, 1893, they came up with their first prototype, which I'm not sure where it's at or if it's still around. The third prototype ended up in the Smithsonian Institute, and then right. after that, they actually went into production. But in this museum, they have got a prototype predating the one in the Smithsonian, I think 1893.
1: So that would have to be number two.
0: Yeah. Hand-built prototype Durye in remarkable condition, uh-huh. considering its age and stuff. But this thing is just absolutely unbelievable to look at. He's got the original Batmobile and Batboat from the movie with Val Kilmer. Really? And he's got another one of the old 1957 Lincoln model Batmobiles. From the TV show? Yeah. Wow. I mean, just a wonderful, wonderful collection. If you're ever going that way, go ahead and stop. Take the time. Uh huh. Plan on spending two to three hours minimum going oh. through it. that's that's running through it
1: i was gonna say you know if he's got that much stuff you oh, might yeah. figure a whole day you
0: know that's me of course my wife was with me and after about three hours looking at cars oh yeah she's, she's had enough <laughs> but uh
1: hey, this is coming from a real gearhead. you that's know right. you yeah. got to stop and oh, look well,
0: look i could have spent two days there oh yeah around, easily yeah just a wonderful wonderful collection i mean really something you're gonna really enjoy you can make a day of it and bring your camera with you because oh me. definitely and what's really cool about this one, you can walk right up to the cars. Of course, they actually don't touch them. Correct. They don't take a press all over them, But you can right. walk right up to the cars. It's not like it's a big old barricade or something where you can't get in close and personal. Uh-huh. You can walk all around the cars for the oh, most part. Oh, that's cool. See all the details.
1: Different angles and he, everything. He's got an
0: original Tucker. Really? He has got an old Florida State Patrol car. I think it's a 1940 Ford, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh that was a highway patrol car i mean this is just something to really really see right if you're ever going that way that's in tallahassee florida go ahead and pull off and pull up in there and i don't think it costs hardly anything i know it's 12 dollars, something like that. right and i mean it's more fun you can have just about any other kind of way oh, i hear you <laughs> legally anyway <Yeah. laughs> hey 499-9526 number if you want to be part of the automotive fire, you stick a 225 in front of there and get to us from anywhere in the united states and glad to try to answer your question and since we were on tape last week, correct, didn't get a chance to call in, but this week we're here live and in person. Be glad to take any calls. And of course, if you're out of town, let us know that and we'll get a free Agco t-shirt to the person who calls in the furthest distance. That's right. Just let the producer know where you're calling from and we'll get that shipped out to you. Give first, her first,
1: first thing Monday morning. That's right. You just need the size and... A physical address and a email address, if possible. Best
0: to give me an email address, just in case something goes wrong transcribing the address or something like that. I can email you and get that cleared up. Right. Get that t-shirt right on out to you, the much coveted Code classic. That's right. And <laughs> if you
1: wouldn't mind, take a picture in front of a local landmark and send it to us, so we can put it on our website. Well, that's right,
0: and then we'll put it on the le- website under our testimonial section. Picture you wearing it some local, local landmark, All right? Whatever that might be.
1: Wherever you're at.
0: There you go. <laughs> just in case you don't get a chance to call in today, don't care to call in, don't want to be on the air or something occurred to you during the week.
1: That's right. You can always get your questions answered at our website. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Right. Easy way to remember that is take the acronym Altazan's Garage Company mm-hmm. and get you to our site. There's a contact bar on every page. You can use the form that's on the page. Mm-hmm. Send Lewis an email through that form, and he'll get an answer back to you in 24 hours. That's right. And should you happen not to get one back, just kind of recheck the, the address because it, right. sometimes it, it's hard to figure them out.
0: Well, if you happen to type a wrong character in your email address and I hit re- reply, it's just going to bounce back to me and I can't go anywhere from there because I don't know where it came from. If right. it's something obvious where .com instead of .net, I might be able to figure it out. But if you misspelled something because... Email addresses by their nature are sort of cryptic, just a bunch right. of letters and symbols and what have you, so there's no way for me to figure it out. It just bounces back and as far as I can go. So if you hadn't gotten it within twenty four hours and generally much, much faster. Right. A lot of times I'm sitting at the computer within ten minutes you're gonna get an answer back. And uh, normally within a couple of hours, you know, unless I'm on vacation, you gotta cut me a little slack. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a few hours in. There you go. I'm gonna get an answer back to you. Of course, while you're on there, Check out the detailed topics. I put one on there this morning that I think is going to be particularly interesting, Uh and it's called Auto Shops Are From Mars. Okay. And what this goes into is communication with a shop because the average person is speaking English, but shops don't really speak English. They speak Martian. (laughs) (laughs) And this tells you how to communicate with a Martian because a lot of the things that you say are going to influence the things that they do. and. It really goes into what 45 years in this industry have taught me on both sides of the counter. I've been a tech working on cars. I've been a service writer. And i try tried to put everything that I've learned in the last 45 years into that article to help you to communicate with the shop. So read that article. I think it will really, really help you get better service wherever you go.
1: Right. You'll be able to ask the right questions.
0: That's right. And you can express your complaints, express your concerns tell the shop the things they really need to know because a lot of times you go in, you give them a lot of information, but it's all stuff they really can't use uh-huh. and you maybe fail to give them the, the stuff correct that they information. Do need. If you've got an excellent service rider, he's going to try to weed it out of you as best he can. But if you have a less than excellent service rider, which you got to realize a lot of big dealerships, they have a lot of turnover uh-huh. and maybe the people aren't trained quite as well as they should. And you're getting very, very frustrated, but the, the information that is necessary is not getting to the technician. Right. So this article will explain exactly how to give a better, much better chance of all that occurring. So pop on there and see what you think. I think you'll really like it. It's www.agcoauto.com. I believe you'll get some good information there. And we're going to our phone lines with Chris. Good morning, Chris.
2: Hey, how you doing? Luke? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Got a 99-088. Okay. And my son and uh A fellow that knows how to fix cars, I'm told, (laughs) Uh are going to pick up some parts this morning. Okay. Take manifold gasket set.
0: Okay. And I've
2: heard you mention that the OEM parts are usually the best thing to go with, but maybe not with these gaskets. And I just thought I'd call, and what kind of gaskets should he get?
0: My preferred gasket on that particular application, Chris, is the Victor Renz, if you can find it. It's R-E-I-N-Z with the word victor in front of it. See someone who handles Victor ends. I've just had better luck with that particular gasket even than I have the OEM. The OEM gasket on a ninety nine, I don't know who made the original one, but what you're gonna buy from a Chevrolet or Oldsville dealer, well they're on the Chevrolet deals. dealer now. Yeah, a GM dealer, let me say, is right. not going to be the original manufacturer. it's gonna be a gasket they're buying and putting in their box. So you're not truly getting an OEM part when you're buying something for a 99 model car necessarily. I mean, you could possibly find new old stock, but that's very doubtful. Chances are it's going to be something Delco bought somewhere and stuck in their box. So I have just had better luck with the Victor Renz line. There are a few things out there in the aftermarket that actually exceed the OEM Moog front end parts for one thing and you got to watch because now Moog has two lines they've got their real sure enough Moog and then they got the junk Moog Chinese knockoff like so many people same thing with AC Delco you got an OEM Delco and you got the knockoff Delco so without knowing just a huge amount or knowing someone who knows a huge amount that you can ask you can really really go far wrong with parts but check around call a few parts stores it's a pretty popular gasket I think someone will have it
2: V-I-C
0: Uh, V-I-C-T-O-R, Victor Renz, R-E-I-N-Z. Okay, and and there was something about a plastic elbow there. Yeah, now those we do buy from GM. There's two little plastic elbows on it. The ones you buy aftermarket are absolute trash. They usually leak even new when you put them in. If they don't leak within about two months, they'll be leaking. So I go and buy those from GM. Whoever GM has making for them is doing a better job than the aftermarket is on that. We keep them in stock at the shop. I just buy them, bought a dozen, and throw them on the shelf so we got them because we changed so many of those intakes. When you change it to make absolutely sure where that, there's is two elbows, change them both, and where they go into the belt tensioner, stick your finger up in there and feel around and make sure there's no corrosion or roughness or pitting. Because if they do, I guarantee you'll be doing that job over again. Even if the originals weren't leaking, when you change it, it'll start leaking.
1: Use a little synthetic lubricant on those O-rings, and they will slide in those ports a lot easier and the way we do it, we do the intake first, and then I actually take the belt tensioner off, put the elbows on the belt tensioner, and then put it back on the vehicle instead of trying to fight the intake the other way. It works easier that way.
0: All right. All, All right, sir. Thank you. All right. Good okay, luck Chris. with it. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All nine nine five two six number if you are part of the Automotive Hour. We're going to take one little quick break and be right back with more. Travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. Okay, look, you've been at
2: the Red Box for 10 minutes and you've got about 30 movies.
3: Yeah, you roll in here with that car with the brakes screeching and the bald tires and then you ask to cut in line because you're in a hurry. Look, it is 2012 and according to the Mayan calendar, the world ends on December 21st. So I'm trying to watch all the movies I can before then. So no car repairs either, right? Who's got time for that? Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. So, no car maintenance? All movies till December 21st? Yep. I'm stocking up on all the classics, too. Gone with the Wind, Citizen Kane, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakquel. <laughs> I, the first I knew he was crazy. Yep. Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Hey, welcome
0: back. If you just joined us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tree Tools we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? 499 9526. We'll get you right straight to us. And of course, air code 225 in case you happen to be outside of our.
1: anywhere in the world.
0: Well, that's right. But you got to put some more stuff in front of it. Yeah. I just don't know what all is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like a, like another
0: one and a something. Maybe somebody knows can call. There know. you go.
1: <laughs> just, we'll find out one you know,
0: day, huh? One day. Well, maybe I don't have to find out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna worry about this. I'm outside the country. I there gotta you call go. back. Hey, going back to our phone. I was with Tom. Good morning, Tom. i found
2: got an old '89 GMC pickup. Okay. I got an AC uh, problem. I, I it has it used to be
0: R12, I want to change it to 134. But I can't find
2: the high side trigger valve anywhere. Uh, I tried a dealer
0: and some. Yeah. Of that. Well, you're not gonna get that from a dealership, Tom. You have to go aftermarket to get it. I would advise you against converting it over. There's absolutely no benefit to it and several disadvantages to it. So what you'd be much better off, if you just want to fix it, is to go back and put the R12 back in. That's what it's designed to run with.
2: Right. Okay. But the valve was leaking. That's why I can't. I needed to try to find one somewhere, but I
0: can't. Yeah, you can get the original R12 valve. Okay. I, I
2: don't know where
0: to find it. Any automotive air-conditioned supply house will have that. In fact, we probably got them on the shelf at the shop company named Four Seasons makes them and several other companies. They're, they're pretty widely available. shouldn't be a problem. Anybody who sells air conditioning parts will have that. Oh, okay. It just screws off and no one screws on. The problem yeah. is R134A is much more prone to leaking than R12. And the way to get around that on the 134A systems, they put nylon hoses and stuff on it.
4: Right.
0: Not only that, it does not transport lubricant the way that R12 does. So you got to go back with PAG oil rather than than mineral oil. And much more to the point, the condenser is totally different, and it's just you can lose about 10% of your cooling. Which, if you were in New Jersey somewhere, you could probably get by with that. But in South Louisiana, you can't afford to lose 10% of your cooling. So you end up with a system that doesn't cool as well, it leaks a whole lot more, and it just there's no real reason to do it. You can still get all the R-12 you want. You just got to pay for it because they've got a huge tax on it.
2: Yeah, it like. I don't know what 2000 is, but I think mean,
0: you know, it's, a a, yeah, it's a couple hundred bucks. But right. I mean, 134A is going to probably cost you a hundred bucks. So you spend an extra hundred bucks and it works. You know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or you spend a hundred less and it do not work. You just, on a system that old, you're already asking for problems just because every part of that, unless you can physically change every single part, you have right. a lot of real old stuff. What you're doing is you take an old system you put some new parts. So you already got problems and then you convert it to something that was never designed to run with, that's more prone to leakage, and doesn't cool as well, and you're going to be working on it for the rest of your life. All right. Now we, we never convert them. In fact, I have converted so many of them back to R12 because people are totally dissatisfied with them. Where someone else has changed them, we got to go back and put all the stuff back on there and put them back as R12, and they're happy. But uh, that's just my advice. You do whatever you want with it. But that, that fitting is widely available.
2: Okay, okay. All righty? Thanks.
0: Thanks, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right, is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive we'd love to have you. And going back to the lines with John, good morning, John.
1: Yeah,
4: good morning, man. Good morning. I've got a 206 Pontiac G6 uh-huh. 2.4, uh-huh. and i got a problem with a blinker. Okay. The passenger side, the front blinker blink, but the right one lights up and doesn't blink.
0: What does it do inside the car, John? Does it blink real fast or does it not yeah, blink it, at all?
4: Yeah, it's like you got a trailer up to your truck, you know. It blinks real fast?
0: Blink? Yeah. Yeah, what you've probably got is a bulb out somewhere on that circuit, and it may be one of the ones in the rear. It's kind of hard to look at them and tell because a lot of them have two bulbs or three bulbs, and if one's out, you can't see it because it still blinks or still lights up. Go back, and if that one is not blinking, if it's coming on solid,
4: it's just coming on and not. it's probably right. good.
0: Look on the back of the car and see if you don't have a bulb out in the back. Most times oh, you right. have a bulb out on the side that's not blinking in the back. Sometimes yeah, there's a probably. little
1: side marker bulb. Yeah. It's a little small bulb, 194, yeah. I believe yeah. it is. Right. Yeah.
0: Could, could be one of those. Could be one of those. Because the way it works, it acts exactly like a circuit breaker. When you turn the switch, the amount of current being drawn by the bulbs causes the circuit breaker to trip, and that's what makes it blink. If you don't have enough bulbs in the circuit, it doesn't pull enough amperage, so it it doesn't trip. It just sits on constantly, and the bulb that's good will light constantly, but it won't blink because there's not enough amperage drawing through the flasher unit. So look on the back and see if you don't have a bulb out back there.
4: Yeah, all
2: right. So I'll do
0: that. Okay, all right, man. Sir. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, four nine 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 five two six number. If you want to be part of the automotive fire, we'd love to have you. And we got Joe online. Good morning, Joe. Hey, how,
4: how you doing, Luke? Hey, Bob. What's going on? I got a question for you. Go ahead. I got a '97 Allegro
0: Plus. These okay yeah sir my air condition on it the lines are cold cold but it's not blowing cold and they blowing on the floor okay well, right. blowing on the floor joe is going to be a vacuum problem that thing is going to have vacuum servos and what happens is that when it loses vacuum it will default to heat and defrost because those are safety features there's a spring okay. that pulls to that position you have to apply vacuum to make it come out the vent and the same token it's got another servo or actuator that moves it from cold to hot and if you're not getting vacuum it may not be ducting through the evaporator core so even though the core is cold if the air is going around it you're not going to get cold air blowing out so you can have a vacuum related problem now that one you might check and see if it doesn't have a vacuum pump on that engine it does i I think i took it off it was like vibrating they never did that before it was making a buzzing vibe. there you go Well, that's probably your problem right. see a diesel engine doesn't produce vacuum because the intake okay. is has pressure in it so what they do is they add a vacuum pump to run the vacuum operated accessories if the okay, vacuum pump is not working then all your dash controls are not going to work
4: i think that's what it's a forward part looks like could very well be and right. i tell you they've
0: had a lot of trouble with those vacuum pumps on the forwards they we change okay. those all the time
4: okay well that's probably the problem i bet it is okay man
0: all right well. Thank you. See you uh-huh. later. Bye bye. All right, four nine 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 five two six. Number of you want to be part of the automotive, I'd really love to have you. You hey, don't laugh at me. I'm, la- I'm, I'm still laughing. Week. I missed a week.
3: Oh wait, I'm still laughing. Do? You're yeah.
0: still pushing the wrong button. Twenty two years. Twenty two years I've been pushing these buttons, and still ain't got. <laughs> still ain't got it Still right. ain't got the patent down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to our phone Bobby. Good morning, Bobby.
2: Give him twenty two more years, Brian he'll get it.
0: Maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> no then senility's starting to set in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm see. going the other way now. Yeah.
2: There you go. Great show as usual. Got a Thank question. I got a nineteen ninety three uh, Dodge Caravan. I got moisture in one of my headlight housings. Uh uh-huh. uh-huh. Man, I hate to dig in that thing and take it apart and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it? And of course the bulb, you can change the bulb. Lewis, what's that actually hurt to have the condensation in on the lens, on a, of the headlight yeah. housing, lens?
0: Bobby, as long as it doesn't turn into water in the housing, then it's not going to really hurt anything. What happens if it turns into water and it gets on that hot bulb and end of busts the bulb? That happens quite a bit where the bulbs keep going out. But what you can do a lot of times is if you inspect it, you can have a crack seam somewhere in that thing be, yeah take right. something like rtv and just reseal the seam all the way around and a lot of times that will help that problem
1: if that doesn't stop it mm-hmm. you can also drill a small hole in the bottom right. let that moisture drain out mm-hmm. okay and we've done that before too we've actually sealed right. them up and then put a hole in the, a little small hole in the Tiny bottom, hole at the
0: very bottom yeah. where just yeah.
1: enough to let it drip out and usually don't have any water collection in it after that
0: yeah I mean, like you can see droplets behind the lens i don't think it's I don't think it's slopping around. No, so it's I not critical. Are, yeah, okay. Not critical, but it'll probably get worse in times. Yeah. Yeah, let me see what I can do. I, okay. just, I just hate to, you know, when you got an older car, you start cooling with stuff, and then the wires break.
2: And yeah, that's right. Goes bad, you know? Oh, yeah. Just, uh, just like when you get as old as me, Lewis. That's just right,
0: that's out. right. My wires are <laughs> starting to break, too, man. <laughs> All right, Bobby, thanks, man. We're going to take another quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour.
1: Clint, what's with the huge crate?
3: My 120-inch platinum
1: 3D TV. Splurging, huh? Putting it all on the credit card, and since the Mayan calendar predicts the world ending December 21st, I'll never have to pay it back. That would explain the
0: giraffe and elephant in your backyard. Have you thought about fixing your car, buddy? your old one is in pretty
3: bad shape. Leaking oil, screeching brakes... My car can make it to December. Plus, I need money to complete my set of life-size Star Wars action figures. Yoda is an expensive one, he is. Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. You know, if your car won't run, you can always ride your elephant. Great idea. Let me Google elephant license. Uh, okay, you know I was joking, right? Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com.
4: Hey,
2: welcome
0: back. If you with just joined us, this the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldersand. we Mr. Brian Terry. Have hey, Tools. try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? 499-9526. Of course, stick a 225 on there and you can get to us from anywhere in the United States. And yep. We would appreciate you calling from wherever you wherever. happen to be. That's right. We have lots of folks who listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher and iHeart and uh-huh. all the different things. I know I get email from them all the time. Right. And I always encourage them to go ahead and give us a call. And-
1: sure. That would be great. Well, yeah. Get some out-of-state questions? Perspective. Yeah. (laughs) Things are different between states.
0: Well, they do vary quite a bit. It's a great big old country. It is. And the conditions vary so much, one area to another. A lot of folks who live, let's say you live in San Francisco, California. Uh You've got items that are particular to you that we are not going to experience in South Louisiana And there are items in South Louisiana you are never going to experience. That's right. You're probably never going to see a 104-degree day with 100% humidity (laughs) in San Francisco. Exactly. Or most of the rest of the world. I was just fixing to say. But whereas we have a tremendous problem, say, with batteries in South Louisiana. You don't
1: have that much in the middle of the United States. In the Midwest,
0: somewhere where it just doesn't get as hot, you probably have less problem with that. Of course, they have bitter cold they have to deal with. But the batteries tend to last longer. I told a friend of mine who owns a repair shop, I said, we change batteries every three years. Recommend Uh changing batteries. why? He said, man, that's crazy. That's, That's throwing away money. I said, well, maybe where you're at is throwing away money. But here, the average battery lasts three years and slightly less in a lot of regions, so if I know the odds. I can change it then. I can prevent all the problems of being stuck with a dead battery.
1: Right. You figure a dead battery is going to cost 80 bucks to 100 bucks for a tow. For a wrecker. Plus another battery. Right. Plus the labor to put it in. Plus you
0: lost all the memory. Plus you may be under the gun and have to buy a battery where you don't want to have to buy a battery. Exactly. As opposed to when you decide you want it, you go where you want. At your leisure, you get the battery replaced before it goes dead.
1: Well, you defer the tow bill.
0: That's right. You You... can
1: buy the battery you want to buy.
0: That's right. You don't lose all your memory because that can all be backed up. Uh And not only that, but a weak battery, as it starts to die, is very hard on the starter. It's very hard on the alternator. So you may even prevent another real big repair.
1: Well, not to mention a computer problem. Yeah,
0: and something that we know is going to go bad anyway. That's right. So why not just let's go ahead and get rid of this thing right now before it dies and leaves on the road. We know it's coming anyway. That's right. And let's say an expensive battery is $90. Well, it's just $30 a year to start my car. There you go. (laughs) You know, I don't need to get another $25, $25, if I go four years instead of three, to me, it's just worth that extra $25, just go ahead and change it now. And, and hey, done with If it. you want the old one, let me know. I'll give it to you. That's it. You can have it. You, have. Can have, you put it in your car. Take it, do whatever you want with <laughs> Knock it. Knock yourself out, bro. <laughs> Let's get some of these phone calls. We right. got John online. Good morning, John. Hey,
2: Lewis. I got an older Pontiac Bonneville, okay. and all of a sudden, the uh, windshield wipers won't turn off or on. I understand there's some type of relay on the, the column. They won't
0: turn off or on? No. John, what do they do? I mean, they just started, started running, going down the road. Okay. And it uh, won't stop. Right. Okay.
3: Okay.
4: Right.
0: Go on my website and look at the article that went online, I think it was last week or maybe the week before. And it's all about windshield wire, it will explain to you exactly what's going on there. For some okay. reason, everybody wants to start changing relays and switches, and that's not going to be it. That problem, 99.9% of the time is going to be in the motor. There's a part in there called a park cam which retains power to the motor until the wipers park or come all the way down. Now, what happens is that when that park cam goes bad, it doesn't see the wiper come all the way down, so it retains power even though you got the switch turned off. Now, if you turn the ignition switch off, they'll stop, but if you turn the wiper switch off, they'll just keep working. Okay. So go on there and read that article. It'll explain to you exactly how it works. It'll show you pictures up and everything else, and I guarantee you'll get the right part changed first time.
2: All right. Okay. Thanks, sir.
0: Thanks man. Bye-bye. Four nine 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 five two six right, 499-9526, number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Larry. How are you? Doing great, Doing sir. good. i got
4: a 2005 Lincoln LS, uh-huh. six-cylinder. Okay. And it runs for about 15, 20 minutes, and it stops. Okay. Wait for wait a few minutes, and then it'll crank up and run perfectly. Okay. A, can a stopped-up cat converter do that? Okay.
0: Uh, a stopped-up converter would give you, like, a loss of power after you drive for a while. Okay. And Well, let me back up. It is possible that it could do it, Larry, but if it did, the performance of the car would be off so much, you know that too, and okay. it would probably be overheating. No, more likely, you're either losing like fuel pressure, maybe the fuel pump could cause that, okay. or there's a part in there called a crank sensor that can heat up and drop the signal out, in which case okay. you'll lose your injector pulse and all. What I would do is get that to someone who knows what they're doing, have them scan the memory and see if there's a code or loss of
1: communication
0: or loss of crank signal or something to that effect. And you got to know how to read that code. You can't take it literally. For instance, you may go in there and see a code that says oxygen sensor's bad. Well, it doesn't mean the oxygen sensor's bad. What's happening, the fuel pump's dropping out, so the engine's leaning out, so the oxygen sensors are reporting that the engine's too lean, and that it's actually a bad fuel pump, but people okay. go in to change the oxygen sensors, and it's still doing the same thing. So you need to get that someone who knows what they're doing.
1: Especially if okay. it, it's happening that frequently. Yeah, if it happens, it should be fairly easy to come across and, and fix.
0: Exactly right. If it happens every day or every time you drive it or every few hours, then that can be found pretty easily. If it happens once a month, no, then, yeah, it's the, gonna be very hard to right. find. Right. But okay. what you do is you put a fuel pressure gauge on the car, go drive it till it happens, watch the fuel pressure when it occurs. If the fuel pressure drops out, then you know that's it. If it does not drop out, well, then you know that's not it, and you move on to the next thing. So that's right. the way a shop can do it. They can actually, by testing, they can eliminate things electronically that you would have to change parts to try to eliminate, and it would cost you a fortune to try to figure it out otherwise. Okay. All righty. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yes, Bye-bye. sir. All right. Four nine 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 five two six. Number, if you want to be part of the automotive I we'd love to have you. And we've got Ben online. Good morning, Ben.
4: Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. I love your show, guys. Well, thank, thank you. you. Hey, I, my wife and I have a 2006 Acura MDX. Okay. And we absolutely love the car, but we've got an issue with it that nobody see, can seem to figure out. Okay. It eats tires. Okay. And we've had it to, you know, we've had it to several alignment shops, Yes, sir. Rep, uh-huh. reputable ones. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. say it everything's lined up perfect, and the thing goes straight down the road uh-huh. and yes, handle, handles like a sports car, but. Mm-hmm. We're good to get about 20,000 miles out of the tires, and what it does is it, it eats the inside of the tire, the inside treads of the tires, yes, and it uh-huh. does it evenly on all four all four ends of the car. Really? Um, and I rotate the tires religiously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you seen that through your shop? Is oh, we see it all the time, the Ben. Boss? We
0: are started out as a frame and alignment shop, so okay. we do a tremendous amount of this work. I can tell you what's happening, Ben, is that either the camber or the toe is off on the car, even though it's been checked a hundred times. You see, the camber on that car is not adjustable, per se. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of shops, even reputable shops, just don't bother to check it. What they do is they put it up, they set the toe, or they set what they can set, and they give it back to you and they tell you it's in line. Another thing is you can have a combination of things, like, for instance, Let's say the caster is too high for some reason. Well, increased caster is going to increase toe. So even though the caster is not adjustable, they may not fool with it or think they need to fool with it. If you set the toe to a normal specification, it's going to actually be too high because the caster is increasing the toe. Okay. So you've got an alignment issue there. you, You gave it away when you said it's wearing the inside of all four tires. Right.
1: You could also have a bent component, like a bent steering arm. Mm-hmm. If the steering arm is bent, right. the toe can still be set perfectly perfectly in a straight-ahead position. Right. But when you turn, you get a toe-on-turns, toe that's mm-hmm. it. The toe-on-turns is off, and it's actually scrubbing the insides of the tires mm-hmm. out.
0: And because you're rotating, it'll wear all four of them. Right, so,
1: especially if you're rotating too often.
0: Yeah, it, see, some people think that I'm going to really do a good job and rotate every three or 4,000 miles. Well, if you do that, you just keep putting them back on the front. So right,
1: you're not leaving them on the back long, long enough, enough to flatten out. to flatten back out.
0: But I guarantee you there's going to be a problem in there. You're just going to have to find the right guy. And if you can find someone in an independent shop, not a franchise, not a dealership, that specializes in alignment, like Joe's alignment shop or Bob's alignment shop or Tom's alignment shop, where you can walk in there and talk to Joe, Tom, or Bob personally and tell him exactly the history of the car. And if he starts to talk to you kind of the way we're talking to you now, he's going to go in, he's going to check and turns. He's going to check all these sorts of things. He's going to find your problem.
4: Okay. All right. All righty. I appreciate that. All right, all right Ben. Sir. And
0: you're calling from Amesville,
4: Ohio. Amesville, Ohio. Oh. Wow.
0: All right. Well, thank you very well, much. I sure appreciate you calling.
4: I appreciate you. And
0: show. I'll get an eight-coat t shirt out to you. All right. Thanks. Uh, okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. 499-9526 the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And let's see. We're going back to our phone lines with Kevin. Good morning, Kevin.
2: Good morning. How
0: Good morning. Doing? doing great, sir.
2: I have a 2012 Honda Accord. Okay. And it has the maintenance minder system. Yes, which sir. Uh-huh. Supposedly tells you when to change the oil. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. We're up at about 8,000 miles. That's right. And the the indicator's still at about 40 percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Is that normal or should? should it is
0: normal for that system, yes, sir. In my opinion, Kevin, that is a misguided system. It's kind of like a lot of things in the world today. They look at one parameter and they kind of make decisions based on that. For whatever reason, they seem to think, well, we're going to save the world and cut the use of oil. And we're going to go extremely long on these oil changes. And what they base that on is the time to break down of the oil. In other words, how long does it take this oil to oxidize? Now, if we took this oil out and we analyzed it, yeah, it's not oxidized, even at 8,000 miles. However, what is happening is you have additives in that oil that do things like keep seals pliable. You have liquid contaminants that get into your oil. You have all sorts of things that occur that they're not accounting for with that. I can tell you, Kevin, since they've gone through these ridiculous oil change intervals, our business has absolutely exploded.
1: Yeah, we're putting putting engines in two a
0: week. We change a couple of engines a week, whereas – Fifteen years ago, we weren't changing engines at all. Cars were getting 300,000 miles. Now we're seeing cars with 100,000 miles and the engines knocking. The timing change broke. The no oil pressure. No oil pressure. Right. Cams wore out. I can tell you right now, disregard that system and change your oil based on the way you drive. If your average trip is real long, let's say you live in Baton Rouge and you work in New Orleans and you drive 80 miles every day one way, you could probably go five, 6,000 miles on an oil change. Let's say you're like most of us, and you get in your car, and you go to work. It's about four miles. You shut it off. It sits there. You go to lunch. You go two miles to lunch. You shut it off. You come back. It sits there all day, and you go home four miles. You need to change it all every 3,000 miles because short trips are extreme service, and even under Honda's recommendation, under extreme service, you change every 3,000 miles. You're not okay. ever going to save enough money on no. all changes. To and, make up the difference. You're and
1: gonna, you, you're going to cause a whole lot of problems down the road. Right. If
0: you can afford to keep this car about eighty or 90,000 miles and then just throw it away, then that's fine. If you, like most people, you got to keep your car 150,000, 200,000 miles to get your Eight, money's worth. 10, 15 years. The, the cost down the road is going to be just exponential. Just change it all based on the way you drive, not by a certain amount of miles. Uh-huh. Look at my website. There's actually an article on that exact topic. Okay, we got time for one more. We're going to catch another call before our break. All right. We've got Frank online. Good morning, Frank.
4: Hey, good morning. How are you? Doing great, good sir. Good morning, sir. Good. I bought a 2010 Dodge Caravan minivan a couple uh-huh. of months ago. Okay. And perhaps I didn't notice it because of the air conditioner playing or the radio playing or whatever. But it sounds like it has a winding sound to it. And when I accelerate, the winding sounds even a little louder. Okay. okay. I mean, now you might be able to hear it.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Does it do it with the car sitting still and just the motor revving up? Yes. Okay. Then it's going to be an engine-driven accessory of some sort. Frank, the way we would diagnose that is the first thing we would do is remove the serpentine belt temporarily and then crank the car up and see if the noise is still there. If the noise is still there with the belt off, then we can eliminate the alternator and the power steering belt and the pulleys, anything belt-driven. accessory and you could be into something like a transmission whine or does i mean basically anything it turns can whine but that's the way you can eliminate about three quarters of the possibilities with one simple test now if you take the belt off and the noise is gone then you know it's one of those accessories you just take and spin each one of them by hand to hear which one's making noise so not a real hard thing to diagnose a number of things can cause it frank it could be the bearing in the alternator is fairly common There are some idler pulleys that guide that belt, and the bearings and those will go out. Again, fairly common. It is not a normal noise. It's not going to get better, and eventually it's going to cause you some real big problems. So you need to get that checked and fixed because anything that's whining indicates a bad bearing or something. Eventually, it's going to end up throwing the belt off and leaving you stranded. So probably not a big repair at this point in time, but just get someone who knows what to do. Or you do any work yourself, Frank? No. Okay, yeah, just get to anybody who's competent. They can find that real easy. I mean, if it takes them more than about a half hour to find that problem, you're in the wrong place. Right. Okay,
2: well, right. thanks. I appreciate it. Okay, All right, fine.
0: sir. Thanks for calling All me. Right. Bye-bye. One last little quick break, and we'll be right back with more in the Automotive Hour.
1: Hey, Clint, what's that? Take a look. It's my bucket list of things to do before the world ends. Okay. According to the Mayan calendar, the world goes kaput on December 21st, 2012. I got slots to do, neighbor. Uh, bog snorkeling? Punch a whale? Compete in the World Toe Wrestling Championship? I see Meet Julia Roberts is scratched off. Yeah, got her autograph, too. Really? Well, it's on the restraining order. Hey, shouldn't repair my car be on the list? What? Your,
3: your brakes, they're constantly squealing, It shimmies and shakes and leaking oil. All over I the, think I can make it to December. Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. Hey, um, isn't this one here illegal? Not in Tijuana, my friend. Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U.
0: Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis and president of AgCorp Automotive. We've got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we're trying to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call. It's 499 9526 and we've got Barry's been patiently holding. Good morning, Barry.
2: Well, I just got a little, see if I could get a little advice. I'm, okay. sure I'm going to go look at a. 2002 excursion used Uh and it's got the v10 triton engine is there anything Uh you can tell me about that vehicle that i need to kind of look at or
0: beware Uh, that wasn't my favorite engine barry number one favorite truck either yeah it's a real real big heavy truck and if you need a real real big heavy truck that's fine but remember what you're getting is a one-ton truck and you've got all the maintenance of a one-ton truck you've got all the repairs of a one-ton truck you got the ride of a one-ton truck so if you just think it's a cool SUV and you're going to put it around town in it, you're probably not going to be real happy with it. The mileage is deplorable. The repairs are fairly expensive. They've had some issues with that 10-cylinder motor with head gaskets. They've had some problems with the spark plugs breaking off in them. They had some problems with them overheating. Now, all that said, if that's the vehicle you want, that's the vehicle you need, then, yeah, I guess it's as good as any of them. It's just they're kind of expensive to maintain. They ride bad, and they get horrible fuel mileage. What about I've I've seen one too with the 7.3 diesel. Is that would that be a better choice? Much better, right? Okay. That, that's That much, 7.3 much diesel is a is
1: a pretty good motor. Yeah. Now
0: you're gonna pay through the nose for right. one with a 7.3 only because the 7.3 is a much coveted engine because the six liter that came after it was so problematic. The 6.4 after that was even worse, and the new one may be even worse than the other two. But yeah, the seven threes are very very much coveted. I've seen. A one-ton Ford truck. I see. What was last year, 2002, I think, of the 7.3? I see those trucks going for $20,000 all the time.
2: Oh, yeah. They're they're a lot more expensive.
0: Yeah, but, uh, go, go, going for a premium dollar.
2: Just to tow a big horse trailer to horse shows, and then I've got a big party boat I need to pull out of the boat launch. You would be
0: far, far better off with the diesel. Oh, yeah. Much more dependable engine. That 10-cylinder, like I said, they've just had issues with it, man. They blow head gas because they overheat. they just got a lot of problems with it. I just I don't like it, and maybe I'm being critical of it because all I see is the problem ones. But unless you're buying it dirt cheap, I don't know that I. I and if I had a choice to go to the seven three or that one, I would definitely pick the seven three. Well,
3: that's
2: the way I'm going to go then. All right, we're, we're going to keep it around for a few years. And- well, if you got
0: to pay twice as much for it, it's worth it. I mean, one set of head gaskets on that thing, or head, or cylinder heads on, it, you're going to pay the difference right there. Oh yeah. Plus the aggravation and time being without it and being in the shop and all that kind of stuff.
2: Okay, great advice. Well, I'm going to start looking for the diesel version. Then. Okay, man.
0: Thank you. Good luck, guys. Right. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, we would love to have you.
1: we still got a few more minutes to answer some calls.
0: That's right. You give us a call. We'll get you right on here on the air. we got plenty of time left. Talking a little early to the gentleman with the maintenance reminder light. Uh-huh. And that's one of those things that you just can't really say enough of because by the time that you figure out that you've gone wrong, it's it too, is late. too late.
1: Right. The problems just are there. Take the lesson and learn, and you have to move on from there.
0: Well, that happens to us every day at the shop. Folks will come in with a vehicle with 90,000 miles, and the oil pressure light's coming on. And now they need a new motor, and a new motor's $9,000, and the vehicle's worth zero because it ain't got a motor in it. Uh-huh. And they still owe 10000 at the bank. And they, oh, my God, what happened? Well, how often do you change all? Well, I don't know. When the light came on. Uh huh. Well, just take this as an extremely expensive lesson. Move on and don't do that next time. Right. Because oil changes are like a lot of things. You can't go by mileage, per se, without taking the driving conditions into consideration. Another example might be the brakes on a car. For instance, I've got a 2005 Buick Park Avenue. I've got 90,000 miles. The original brakes are on the car, and they look like brand new.
1: That's because you go from here to Pensacola or here to... T- tennessee or well, I something left, like that you know
0: i left baton rouge i hit the brakes when i got on the interstate and i uh-huh. probably didn't hit them again i got to tallahassee there you go <laughs> so i rolled up a whole lot of miles but i didn't break i didn't stop
1: and therefore mileage is no indication no indication whatever brake wear
0: and yeah. i drive like an old papa i never speed i anticipate stop. stops right. so my brakes last forever However, let's say you've got someone who is driving all in town. Same car. Same car, same everything. Right. Stop, 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 stop. They may have be on the third set of brakes by now. That's right. So to say that so many miles equals brakes, no, cannot possibly do that. Same exact thing with oil changes. The way you'd operate the car is going to determine how many miles you can get on your oil. Because if you, to use the example from before, you're driving... 70, 80 miles a day. Uh-huh. Let's say you're a salesman, you're based out of Baton Rouge, and your territory is all over, you're driving from here to Dallas, you're driving from here to Jackson, Mississippi, you're driving all over the South. Right. You're going three hundred and fifty miles a day. Well, yeah, sure, you can go five, six thousand miles easily on y'all because it's up to full operating temperature. Any moisture that's in there has boiled out. And it's going to just last that long, maybe longer. Right. And you'll probably get 300,000 miles on a car with no problem. But if you're like most folks and you're making little short trips, that is extremely, extremely hard on all. You're not going to be able to go that far.
1: Right. You need to start using your severe service instead of normal service. Because
0: if you read the definition, that is severe service. And no one thinks so. Everybody thinks that normal service is normal. But what's normal for you may be severe by what the manufacturer actually recommends. That's right. Let's see. We've got Bob online. Good morning, Bob.
4: Good morning. Yes, Good morning. Sir. My wife's got an 03
2: Explorer Ford, mm-hmm. and when she backs up, she gets a click, click, click sound. And it just when it backs up, and when she goes forward, everything's all right.
1: Okay. When you back up and it's making that noise, and you hit the brakes, is the noise still there?
2: Well, it, it doesn't make the noise unless it's moving. Right. Yeah. When, but if you when
1: touch you're the backing brake, up Donald. and you touch the brakes to stop, does the noise? Stop, or does is the noise still there? Or have you tried that yet?
0: I haven't tried that Okay. Either. Try that. <laughs> Try that first because there's lots of things in the brakes that can cause that. Correct. Something loose, like one of the shims, of the shims missing right. uh, or some of the little clips that hold them on. That's the most common thing. One other possibility on that, Bob, would be a U-joint that's going bad. Well, Sometimes they re- squeak. I've
2: had everything replaced. I've had the U-joints replaced, and I had the brakes redone. Was uh-huh. it
0: doing it before that? yes but and they can't find out what it is yeah it's... need to find somebody else to work on right. the car
2: <laughs> well, i want to bring it to you all how about that yeah
0: that'd probably be your best bet no somebody's overlooking something bob i would bet you that's going to be something in the brakes that didn't get changed right something that got left out you know we get cars in every day with a fresh brake job and you're looking there and half the parts aren't there and what's in there is not in there right I'm not picking on other shops, but it's just, it's just the this reality the of life. Yeah, right. that's not anything. If it does it all the time and I can hear it, as long as I can hear the noise, I can find it. I can fix yeah, it. Yeah,
2: they can hear it. They've, they've tried to test ride it and everything. Ah, no. No, you're in the
0: wrong shop, man.
2: Okay, what's your address where
0: you all are? i take tell you, go to my website, www.agcoauto.com, A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Right, slow down, A-N-C-O? No, A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O. Oh, A-G-C-O. mm-hmm. agcoauto.com. Got a map in there anywhere in the world. Phone numbers, address, phone number, everything. address everything about us. Anything you what, need to know. What's your phone number there? 291 6900. 291 6900. 6900. I'll see you this next week. Okay, bye. All right, sir. Thanks, thank man. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to get on out of here. I want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. I'd
1: like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week and tell your friends and get some more people listening. That's and right.
0: You- go on iTunes and give us a rating if you don't mind. We really, that makes our day when we go on there and we see. Rating. let us know that we're doing a good job. That's it. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.